Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today is part four of a great series that Peter has been putting together. Tax planning is a year-round process. And, and sometimes taxes can be a little bit dry, but Peter has brought us a tremendous amount of information. And being that there's a tremendous amount of information in the first three, Peter, would you give us a little reminder of what those first three parts were in this series? Sure, absolutely. Uh, there's been a, there's a lot there. Uh, part one, we focused on the basics of tax planning and defined ordinary income deductions, capital gains, marginal and effective tax rates. In part two, I discussed our philosophy around tax planning how in essence we never want to let the tax tail wag the planning dog mm -hmm. and, and really the tax planning is needs to be integrated with your overall planning and that and finally the tax laws are in constant flux and are likely to change in the future so hold your hat it's it's probably going to change yeah always uh, <laughs> yeah always does we also describe some of the basic concepts like tax deferred and tax free vehicles and strategies mm -hmm. In part three, last week, we continued to discuss concepts that really illustrate this integration of tax and financial planning. Uh, we looked at asset location strategies, which is really all about making sure the right asset is located in the most tax efficient kind of account. Mm -hmm. And finally, we talked about tax bracket planning and the strategy of timing income and deductions most effectively. Yeah. And and for all of those listening out there, uh, for you audience members, please go back and, and listen to those first three parts. Okay. There's Peter has unpacked a tremendous amount of information in these four parts, or he will today in, the, in his fourth part as well. Go back, listen to it. And the thing is, I know you're going to have questions. So two, two instructions. Number one, listen to those, glean the information that you, that you want to hear about that is applicable to you. And then when that causes you to have questions, reach out to Peter and his team, uh, because tremendous amount of knowledge, tremendous amount of experience. And you're going to see that in today's podcast. So Peter, where do we start today with part four? We'll talk about investment tax management. That'll be uh, the first concept we'll talk about today. All right. But I, I do want to stress that as we uh, talk to our clients about tax planning, we always bring in uh, there are other professional advisors, specifically their their accountant. Mm. They really need to be part of the process, and we're we're really uh, pretty much coordinating or or bringing up concepts for us to dive a little bit deeper with the with the other professional uh, on on the team. That's great. So you bring the team together then. Yeah, that's really really important. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get started. Yeah, so investment tax management, it's, it, it sounds obvious. We want to make sure that we're managing taxes from an investment perspective, but this can have really significant benefits to, to all taxable investors. And I would suggest most of our clients are taxable investors. Mm -hmm. uh, we discussed the advantages of 
capital gains and dividend tax rates versus ordinary income tax rates. And, and that basically means that capital gains and dividends are paying, you, you pay a lower tax rate than ordinary income. Mm -hmm. One other advantage of, of investing in stocks and bonds as well is that you're able to sell these assets in a non-retirement account uh, for a gain or a loss. And you can save clients significant money if you're taking advantage of those gains and losses in any given year. Mm -hmm. So tax efficient investing really means paying less tax now. And that's important because remember, a dollar paid in tax can't compound and grow. So you're True. keeping more of your financial portfolio. Mm, okay, that makes sense. So just a, a review, um, you know, basically uh, in an investment portfolio, uh, you're buying lots of different securities. And unfortunately, they all don't go up all the time. When you're buying stocks and bonds, sometimes stocks and bonds go down in value. Yeah, I'd like them happens. to keep going up. That'd be great. But, we yeah. all would, but yeah. it just doesn't happen. Correct. And it's kind of like, I think of it like a baseball team. Uh, not every batter is hitting each and every game. Mm -hmm. They're not all hitting um, doubles and home runs. Sometimes they're hitting just singles. Um, sometimes they're striking out. And we never know which batter was going to be hot or cold in any any game or series of games. Mm -hmm. True. So just just like having losses in a portfolio is part of part of investing in baseball, striking out is just part of the game. Mm -hmm. So when we're building a diversified portfolio of stocks, it's very similar to that baseball team. Not every stock is going to go up at the same time. And while that may not be great in baseball, when you're talking about investing, it can be advantageous. So mm -hmm. we want to take advantage of those losses if they occur. Got it. So just as an example, I'm working now with a, with a, a new client that, that has bought and sold stocks over the years. He's bought some good stocks uh, and a lot of stocks that haven't done well. He's really reticent to sell the losers because he wants to wait until that stock recovers. Mm -hmm. He's reticent to sell the winners because he doesn't want to pay any capital gains taxes. Mm -hmm. And we discuss these advantages of selling the stocks with losses. And the, the primary advantage is he can use these losses to offset any gains in the current calendar year and in future years. Yeah. So that's significant. So he can basically get, get a free lunch now. He can sell the stocks that have, that have um, seen gains and he can sell stocks that have seen losses, and he won't really have to pay very much in tax. And you said he could use it in, in future years as well. How many years are you allowed to use a loss? It, these losses carry forward um, for unlimited years. Oh, wow. Well, I didn't yeah. know it was unlimited. I thought there'd be some sort of cap on it. Nope. And huh. another advantage is if you don't have gains that can offset any losses, uh, you can also use $3,000 of losses to offset ordinary income each year. Oh, okay. So in his case, he's got more losses than he has gains. We won't use all the losses in, in, in this year. And he'll be able to use that $3,000 to offset taxable income, which will save him over $700 in tax this year alone. Wow. Because he's in a 24% marginal tax bracket. Hmm. That's great. I so think everybody out he, there could use an extra 720 bucks. Yeah. 
And so most importantly, he's able to transition this portfolio that really wasn't designed for him. It really wasn't appropriate for him. And we're able to move it into a more diversified strategy without any tax consequences. You know, that's a that's a great point that you bring up, Peter. When when people are coming to you, when when new prospects or new clients come to you, I'm sure there's a got to be a stage where you're kind of helping them clean up. Right. I mean, it's it's they've had investments and maybe they've gotten some bad investment advice or the, the last advisor that they were using just didn't really take into account all their goals or what they truly wanted to accomplish. So there's got to be a pretty good sized cleanup stage. Yeah, that becomes uh, that becomes a problem for a lot of portfolios that we're looking at. They've, they've owned stocks for a long, long time, and it's hard to 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 move uh, strategies into a more effective portfolio for them because of those tax issues. Hey, but we do it over time. Yeah. Can can we do a podcast on that? Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to do like a client cleanup podcast or something. <laughs> I don't know what we'll sure. call it, but yeah, I think that would be really interesting to see what your process is and how you help clients uh, find those gaps in their current plans and, and the things that they need and things that they just don't need that aren't maybe that are weighing them down or, or just changes you can make. So I'd love to hear your process on that. So let's put that uh, on one of the next podcasts. Absolutely. Perfect. All right. Where do we go from here? Yeah, just just to summarize, um, this active investment tax management is also a year-round process. Uh, stocks go up and down in the beginning of the year and oh, yeah. at the end of the year. Yep. So we want to take advantage of those fluctuations. Okay, great. Eric, the next concept I'd like to talk about are death and taxes. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, oh, boy is right. <laughs> So there are two things we can count on when it comes to the future, and that's death and taxes. In future podcasts, we'll talk more about estate tax planning, mm -hmm. but I want to describe one important concept called stepped-up basis. Stepped-up basis? Yeah. Okay. So if you own an asset prior to your death, the asset's cost basis will become the market value of the asset on the day of your death. Say that again, please. Sure. Well, I think, you know what? I think it's best to give you an example. Okay, go for it. So for example, you, you own an investment property that has a cost basis of $100,000 and it's valued now at $500,000. If you were to sell that property while you were alive, you'd have a capital gain of $400,000. Correct. But if your heirs inherit that property they will get a step-up cost basis up to the value of the property at your death. So now their cost basis becomes $500,000. Really? And so if your heirs sell the property for that $500,000, there'll be zero capital gains tax. Really? I didn't know that. That's true for all sorts of property, stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, artwork, that step up in basis can be really important when, especially when a client is getting closer to life expectancy. Mm. So think carefully about the timing of an asset sale, especially when that asset has really low cost basis, because that can make a huge difference to the, to the heirs. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds a bit morbid to, to talk about this kind of planning, but um, from a tax perspective, it can make a, a really big difference to the overall uh, family estate and planning. So simply put, if you have real estate, if you have uh, collectible, if you have something of, of value like that, 
if you don't need to sell it, don't. It may not be the best time to sell it. Exactly. Got it. Okay. All right. I think I think when, when you get when you're talking to clients about their overall objectives, taxes are usually um, second and third in in in, in, the, in the line of priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to make sure that you're meeting your your really your living uh, objectives first. Of course, of course. All right. So, do we have anything else to cover in death and taxes? No, I think we're done with that <laughs> oh, for good. now. We'll, we'll revisit that on future podcasts. All right. So the the, the uh, another strategy that I'd like to chat about is gifting strategies. Oh, that's better. Yeah, this is much more uh, much more interesting. Uh, so giving assets away can actually maximize family wealth, and I think can reduce taxes. Mm-hmm. So not every family should be considering this, but for those clients that have different generations, they're very wealthy, they really might want to consider doing uh, generational tax planning. So consider um, one concept, which I call uh, swapping uh, tax brackets. So swapping a higher tax bracket for a lower tax bracket. Okay. Another example, grandpa and grandma have enough assets to meet all of their financial goals. They've got kids and grandkids, and the grandkids are young adults with low income, and they're in very low tax brackets. You know, they're just getting started. Yep. So the grandparents might consider giving the grandkids income-producing assets now, since they're in a much lower tax bracket than Mm -hmm. grandma and grandpa, and the family wins and the IRS loses. Okay, so what would be an income-producing asset? um, A a stock that's paying um, very high dividends, uh, a piece of real estate that is uh, paying good good income for, for... rents. Okay. Um, so any asset that's producing uh, actual current income. Got it. An- another thing grandparents can do is to is to make contributions to Roth IRAs and Roth and help them contribute to Roth 401ks. So basically grandma and grandpa are transferring family wealth that is taxable at a high tax bracket into a tax-free environment for their grandkids or even their kids. And those assets have the ability now to compound for 30, 40, 50 years. Mm. And that can be incredibly powerful to to really enhance family wealth. All right. So I think I find grandparents, parents, and grandkids love these kinds of conversations. Another gifting strategy that we really want to, we think is very important to talk to our clients about is charitable giving. And it's it's typically um, not always 100% tax driven, but tax benefits do help make charitable giving more attractive. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of our clients uh, really want to uh, provide significant resources to the, their charities of choice. Um, and getting a tax benefit is um, another incentive. All right. So another thing that, that, that our clients can do is instead of giving cash to, to charities, they might consider giving highly appreciated assets. Okay. Stocks that are appreciated in value significantly. And do and, you just give those straight away or do you do some sort of trust with them? How does that work? Yeah, you could you could give it straight away to a charity uh, or you could give it uh, via a, a donor advised fund or mm. any sort some sort of private foundation. Okay. So there's different strategies. And again, that's another podcast uh, that we'll go into more detail about. But um, I, I think giving 
appreciated assets directly to charity is advantageous. Yeah. And again, I think an example speaks, uh, helps describe this. If you give a stock worth $100 with a cost basis of $10, you'll get a deduction of $100 and you won't have to pay any capital gains tax on the security. Hmm. Okay. So if you want, you can then take $100 of cash that you would have given the charity and repurchase the same stock. So you could still own the same stock, but now your basis has increased from $10 to $100 and oh, you've avoided wow. paying capital gains tax. Wow, that's great. No, that's a great strategy. I mean, because you're just basically swapping it, but you get to avoid all the capital gains. Exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so I, I find um, a lot of our clients, that toward, especially toward the end of the year, are interested in tax planning. Unfortunately, uh, this takes a little bit of time, so don't consider doing this uh, on December 31st. That yeah. probably would, would be too late to do that. Yeah. In part three of the series, I, I talked about the timing of income and deductions. And I was talking to a new client last week who is an executive at a publicly traded company. And he's decided he wants to exercise many of his vested stock options. And the stock is at an all-time high and he's getting close to retirement. So he just wants to lock in those gains. And uh, unfortunately, we, unfortunately, that transaction will drive him into the highest state and federal tax brackets, mm. over 45%. Oh, wow. So it's really significant, but it's a good, it's a good strategy. And uh, what we talked about was having him make significant charitable contributions this year since the deductions are more valuable to taxpayers in the highest tax brackets. Mm -hmm. So he's now's the year to, to make a very significant charitable contribution as opposed to waiting uh, three, four or five years from now when, when he'll likely be in a lower tax bracket. Got it. Yep. I mentioned earlier that many of our clients won't be able to itemize because their deductions don't exceed $24,000. Mm -hmm. Another charitable giving strategy is, especially if they're over age 70 and a half or, or older, uh, they may want to consider using their traditional IRA to make charitable donations. Okay. How would that work? Yeah. So th this is called a qualified charitable distribution. And it, the, what you do is you make a request to do a distribution directly from your IRA to a qualified charity. Okay. And the advantage of that is that distribution, that, that gift to your charity, counts as part of your required minimum distribution. And it is not taxable to, to the taxpayer. Okay. So if it goes directly, then the, it, because normally the income coming out would be taxed. Correct. Right. And so, but doing a direct, now you said a qualified charity. How do you know what a qualified charity is? Uh, it's got to be a, a 501c3 organization. Okay. So, I mean, I, I'm assuming most churches are 501c3s. I mean, yes, I know like American exactly. Heart Association, Cancer Society, all those different types of big charities are going to be 501c3s. Yep. Okay. Got it. Makes sense. So in effect, especially if you don't, aren't able to find enough deductions to get you over $24,000 if you're married, mm -hmm. $12,000 if you're single, having the money come out of your IRA turns your non-deductible charitable contribution into a deductible donation. Great. So just a few charitable planning strategies that, that uh, we think are important and helpful. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What else do we have today, Peter? Well, I think that wraps it up. I mean, we've, this has been a, a four-part series. It's been 
what we tried to do is really describe how complicated and integrated the tax and, and how tax planning and financial planning can be. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's why we feel it's vital to, to bring in that professional, to have the conversation early in the planning process and early in the year, especially. Yeah. Uh, in, in our discussions over the last uh, four sessions, we've really just scratched the surface. Mm-hmm. There's just so much there. But I hope that you get a sense of, of what's available and, and how this kind of planning can be beneficial to, to our clients. Well, I've learned something new in every podcast, so I appreciate that uh, from my personal stance. And I know the audience is, is hearing a lot of new things as well. Uh, so thank you so much for these, these last four. And I'm going to hold you to two of the podcasts that are going to be coming up at some point. Uh, don't know when, but I want to hear more about your, your process or how you help a client clean up uh, their current investments and, and, you know, coming from a different advisor or coming from a do-it-yourself uh, mentality or, you know, just a do-it-yourself practice, how you go through the steps of cleaning that up to help shape their uh, portfolios for the future for what their goals are. That was number one. And then number two, I really do want to dive into uh, maybe some of the some of the strategies specifically for, uh, like you said, putting in, uh, giving an asset or, or something uh, of that nature to a charity using whether it's a trust, a donor advised fund, uh, giving it to them directly, kind of the benefits and, and of each one of those things and kind of break down what those are. Because I know people have heard donor advised funds. Um, it's been on the news and in the media a, a lot just here and there, but they probably heard it in passing and just really don't have a clear understanding of what that means, what that looks like. So I'd really like to dive into that and, and be able to ask you some more questions about that. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm excited to do that because I think it's a, it's a great vehicles. Okay, then, then let's let's mark that on the calendar and we'll we'll get that as one of the next podcasts uh, and we'll all look forward to that. Any closing thoughts for today? No, I think we're, we're all set for now. All right. Well, I think these last four podcasts brought up a lot of questions for folks. So I'm going to ask you to give your phone number out or, or the best way to contact you and just be able to bounce some questions off of you. Sure. Don't hesitate to call at 617-728-7433 or my, uh, send an email to peter.raskin at lfg.com. For those that are driving, just replay this and write that down. But for those that are sitting with some sort of thing to write down with, can you give that number one more time? 617-728-7433. And they can always visit our website at raskinplanning.com. Oh, perfect. All right, Peter, thank you so much for your time today. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Eric. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. 
Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.